Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish... Greg DeMarco Show. Best in all his future endeavors. <laughs> another beautiful Tuesday evening, Tuesday, December 8th, when we record this edition of The Greg DeMarco Show. For historical purposes, Tuesday, December 28th, the day that the great state of Arizona hit yet another milestone for the coronavirus. So exciting. Patrick or Dowd, you look Did puzzled. You this yeah. Did you say 28th? You said 28th. It's the 8th. It's the eighth. I was it, thinking state. In the twenty on the twenty eighth, they could set another record, so it may still oh, be sure accurate. It no, it'll be later than the twenty eighth that we set the record because this record is because of Thanksgiving. So the next record will come right. after Christmas, or so right around January eighth. Is probably Are you predicting record. the future? We'll find out. America. Let's see. Yep. So December the eighth, twenty twenty, the day that the great state of Arizona, state forty eight, set a record over twelve thousand brand new. COVID-19 cases, but hospital bed rates are down. So there's that. And, and yeah, the, the RT rate, which I don't know what that stands for, but it means how, how easily it spreads is high. So that's exciting too. But here we sit all in different places, no masks needed because we're socially distant by hundreds and thousands of miles on the Greg DeMarco show. My name is Greg DeMarco. You can follow me on all of your forms of social media at chair shot greg of course the greg demarco show as you know is part of a little website that we call thechairshot.com thechairshot.com always use your head this show and many others like bandwagon nerds like the hashtag miranda show are part of the chair shot radio network which is of course at thechairshot.com thechairshot.com always use your Head. You can follow the website at Chairshot Media on those same forms of social media like Facebook, like Instagram, and like Twitter. The show also streams on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, and so many more of your favorite streaming platforms. So go out there, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, tell a friend how much you love the show, tell a friend how much you hate the show, just tell a friend so they'll go out there and listen to the show. I don't know if it was the holiday week or what, but we had like an influx of listens across the board, like old episodes, new episodes, just, just kind of happens uh, from time to time. And, and so excited about that. So please do share and be, be a part of the action. So I don't do this stuff myself because that would be so boring. I've got two wonderful people on board 
to really, let's be honest, carry the bulk of the load. The first bulk of load carrier is none other than the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. You can find him on Twitter at wrestling realist. That's W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist and there is one in Patrick from the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Welcome again. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, you Good to be back. Week. I know you were out last sorry, week. Sorry. So we did a combined show, combined effort without you. You didn't listen to you it. Did. So I know that because you would have thought we didn't, we weren't going to record this week. Had you listened to it? Cause we announced last week, we weren't going to record this week. And then here we are recording this week. So very sorry. I'm sorry that your whatever number, super fun, big shit show was, was not a high priority. It was El Ocho. Is, is what El I was in, informed. The Ocho? El Ocho. El Ocho. Patrick O'Dowd. El Ocho. I don't speak Spanglish. I know. Me neither, but Miranda does. Or, and therefore, I was educated on the the hashtag Miranda and Greg DeMarco. Super well, bueno. It was the super bueno. Such good shit show. El Ocho Amigo is what this well it's because it's because ocho is a is a male noun so you got to give it the the male article of l as opposed to i'm sorry high school spanish class all over again (laughs) four years of that shit i can ask where the bathroom is that's right me too i can go where's the bathroom at and they're gonna know what i'm talking about and tell me where the bathroom is so with that improper English and the preposition at the just, end of a sentence, shame just, on you. Just, just baño, isn't that all it is? Like I can, I can ask for the best. El baño, yes. yes. Donde está el baño? All I gotta do is be like baño, and they'll be like over there. So it's fine. I can do it. They won't be like over there. It'd be like aquí. Whatever. They'll point, and I'll go. See, I know like four words. Look at me. There you go. I'm impressed. I am. Bibliotech. I know that too. Impressed. There you go. Look go there you. a lot. Spent a lot of time there. I'm glad. I'm really glad you did that and talked about it on this show. We should, we should put Miranda on the show. We may. I mean, we might want to. You know, Miranda should do. Miranda should do the entire episode in Spanish, though. She like, really shouldn't, because then that, we that, wouldn't know what the hell awesome. she was talking about, and it'd be a horrible show. She has been on. But a Spanish-speaking audience would appreciate it. Maybe, except they would be frustrated yeah. because only a third of the show would be in Spanish. So. Well, no, all you and Greg, all we have to do the whole show is be like, okay. <laughs> See, it is a multi-purpose <laughs> Except we'd be agreeing to things that were horrible, no, probably. She'd start to use that against us. You're not agreeing. You're saying what? That's all you're saying. Yeah. You say what? Yeah. Okay. So you have K, the letter K, and then K or K, which is Q-U-E. K? What? So we're not going to do that. Instead, what we're going to do is formally introduce Miranda Morales because you can find her on Instagram because she is the Twitterless heroine. Therefore, she has no Twitter at the hashtag Miranda. There is an I in Miranda and hashtag is spelled out for the queen of soft style herself, Miranda Morales. Buenas noches, señoras y señores. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Did I do it right, she, Patrick? She said, good, she said good evening, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Look, aquí Patrick traduciendo the Spanish. He's doing some translation. Look at you. Okay. Some fun facts about, about Patrick O'Dowd that we're learning on this show. 
Okay. Uh, I'm like an onion. I have I have layers. layers so many yes. layers. Lots so of, many lots layers. Of layers. As Shrek once taught me. <laughs> <laughs> you open you opened you know Pandora's box oh. as far as the, the title. Now now you well, just gotta see, live. Greg, with it's the, it's because I went on this podcast and now I'm best friends with Miranda. That's right. Right. We finally like, did it. it. They brought it up. Did they mention the campaign? Did it work? Where's it? They, you didn't well, even listen. You, you, you're you, on Twitter. So. That's fake. Like and you don't you even know. Like I've listen. seen the tweets. It's it's yeah. It's all manufactured. It didn't work. It was kind of wow. funny though. It was. Wow, dude. Why you why are you selling me up the river like that? Hey man, steal Miranda from you? Because I listened to to the shows. Miranda, like some are Miranda and I going to do our own podcast behind your back? <laughs> you can do one next week. I ain't going to be here. So go right ahead. I mean, we could. I'll, I'll get you a fill-in. I'll, I'll, I'll mess that recording up. <laughs> I, I'm already planning on getting a fill-in. Miranda's probably going to take the night off, so it's going to be you and the fill-in. But yeah, we're going to make it happen. So. Oh, now I got to fill it? Man, man, this ain't a real job. If you're off, why can't we all be up? Because <laughs> I will be at a wrestling school educating the future wrestlers of... Oh, look at and that. That, is, the state of that is great for you, man. I'm really yeah. happy for you. No, you're not. I am. No, I'm legit. Okay. This is from the heart. I've been very proud of the work you've done in the business. No, no, no. This we're we're real time here. Now we got to shift gears though. Like we're bickering and and now you got to be nice. I'm not ready to be nice. What's that? I'm not ready to be nice. We were bickering. Now I got to go into nice mode. Okay. Well, no, I'm going to go into nice mode. You can be, you can be a dick like you always are. Like (laughs) you're a dick when I'm nice to you. It don't matter. It's not the right time to be that. Like it's not. I'm just saying like, Considering that I've seen where you started in this magical journey of yeah. independent wrestling and, you know, from putting yourself out there to, to the to the powers that be at the time of Ring of Honor to working with multiple different iterations of various independent wrestling companies in the greater Phoenix area to, to having a very successful show, to having the respect of the quote unquote, the boys to the, to the point where you are invited as somebody who has a mind for the wrestling business to talk to students is a big deal. Even if that person that's inviting you in is somebody who's a good friend of yours. Like I get that, but that ain't like, I also know that friend and know him well enough to know that he wouldn't bullshit you to have you come to speak to a bunch of students if he didn't think you were the real deal, like if he don't believe in you, he would have told you, and you know that. So That's good all on very you. True. I'm very proud of you, man. Well, thank you, thank Give you. Give us next week off, you motherfucker. No, <laughs> you're already off next week anyway. You're, you're going to need something. And here's the thing: I'm not off. I'm furloughed. I'm not getting paid. That's I'm true. Not off. Okay. I'll send you a dollar, and I'll pay you to do next week's episode. Yeah. With Tunny, I'll get Tunny to host. You guys can record it during the day. You don't have to be up late. You you have all kinds of flexibility. Miranda's going to record her show during the day. I'm not going to reveal what that is because that's her show. She gets to say those things, not me. And yeah, it'll be a grand old time. I'll come home Tuesday night and still produce everything and put it up on the website. And it'll be good. And I'll still be happy and excited. And we'll have a lot of fun. And everybody will get. And here's the thing. If you and Tunny did an episode of this show, you know you'd have fun. So, I mean, I enjoy working with Tony. Tony joins us every Sunday on the bandwagon nerds. Like, I know 
He's the, he's the live studio audience. He's been, hasn't been so live or studio lately. So he's been on Bandwagon Nerds more since he left the show than he was on when he was part of the show. So the Mandalorian <laughs> pulled him back in. The Mandalorian. Yeah. He just wanted to talk about the Mandalorian. Like that was his thing. He likes the content too. Trust me. He we we message all the time. And in fact, I got to message him back about something he tech pitched me on today. So I'm glad that we oh, brought him go. up. It's a reminder of things that I need to remember. So there you go. we got some topics to talk about here. So yeah, it, it, at Wrestling Realist W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Go follow him at the hashtag Moran. I'm not going to spell it, but the word hashtag is spelled out at Chairshot Greg at Chairshot Media. Follow them all. Be a part of them all. And then when you're done with that, go buy yourself some freaking T-shirts. It is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t-shirt today. That was a lot. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. But that's because there's so many t-shirts for you to take a look at at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Tons of great designs and colors and, of course, styles from you to choose from. T-shirts start at $19.99 and you can customize and, you know, it goes up a little bit in price, but it's absolutely worth it because that also means you can get it. And yes, soft style. All for you, because we take care of you at thechairshot.com. So go ahead and check out the various T-shirts that are available. Multiple Always Use Your Head T-shirts. The hashtag Journalism T-shirt, Chairshot Worldwide. And of course, very specific T-shirts that are all very near and dear to our hearts, like the Bandwagon Nerds T-shirt and the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling T-shirt. Of course, the Queen of Soft Style T-shirt and what? Yes, everybody hates Greg. So if you want to join that bandwagon, well, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and get your very own T-shirt today. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot, get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You want to talk about some topics? Should we actually get into some topics?
Only, I mean, we could. It's only been 15 minutes. We've done far worse than that in the past. So. That's not bad. Yeah, that's, that's actually pretty good. Us, that's pretty good. I think I mean, we, we've, we've done a brief Spanish lesson. We've talked we've next done, week's yeah. show already. Like, we I think, get to the future. So I think, I think we covered a lot of ground in that first 15 minutes. I think in last week's shit show, we hit the first topic around an hour and five minutes. So that's, you know. <laughs> that's um, not true, but probably kind of true. I mean, I exaggerated a little bit. If I listened, I, like, I would have agreed with you. If I, I, I exaggerated, it's probably like 45 minutes and that might actually be close to, to reality. Um, now that I think about how that show went off the rails, cause that's what it does. Yeah. Let's talk some topics though. Cause it's one that I love as you guys all know, this past Sunday night, NXT presented their fourth ever war games event this year's this time in December. It's usually in November complete with both a women's and men's war games match. The matches have been largely praised with a few complaints sprinkled in just to remind us that NXT is in fact under the WWE umbrella overall thoughts on the war games. Let's start with the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think that it was uh, something that with the week that we had in wrestling, a lot of eyes were on NXT, especially war games to see what was NXT going to do to possibly top what happened earlier in the week with uh, AEW. Now, I don't think that that's necessarily a fair assessment because that's two very different things, but war games is all a very very highly anticipated event and knowing again this year we were going to have a men's and women's war games matches i think that in and of itself lent to a very good show and um at first i i wasn't sure how i felt about the women starting the show but i think they had a, a great match it was really entertaining and i liked some of the moving components and complexities to it um with um you know, Io Shirai having to make a grand entrance into uh, the match in a non-traditional way. Uh, of course, with the uh, interference with Indy Hartwell, all of that, the match itself was great. And so uh, I thought that was a great way to start the show, especially because the card itself wasn't super stacked. Um, Timothy, Timothy, Timothy Thatcher and, and Johnny Gar- uh, not Gargano, um, Tommaso Ciampa was a, a great solid wrestling match and one for wrestling purists that I think, you know, if you're looking for just a solid, just pure wrestling that in of itself is uh, overall really great. But then there's other things that have been kind of played over uh, the triple threat match for the North American championship. You kind of knew what was happening there. Um, Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. I mean, that's something that they've, done a little bit too long it should have ended uh earlier and if but of course the men's match was a great bookend uh for the event so i think for a card that wasn't very stacked you had the two war games matches as a way to kind of keep everyone's interest so it totally makes sense now as to why they booked things the way that they did um but again too it's also another consistent nxt show and i think after a while too fans even get complacent with consistency and so if there's things to pick apart, then I think they're very minute and minor things. But again, it's because, you know, it's that consistency of good quality fans after a while are like, well, they should do more better, which is at that point, well, what, what do you expect? What do you want out of it that isn't going to be too outrageous? So um, I thought it was a, a really great show. And I have to, me personally, I was more invested in the women's war games match than anything else. And, and I thought that was uh, uh, great. Yeah, I thought the women's uh, – so last year I thought the women's war game should have main evented the show uh, or gone on last. This year I thought the men's was was the stronger 
build and, and it's been, you know, going on for so long. And, and with the whole Pat McAfee situation with Undisputed Era, I really did enjoy that. I thought the card itself was actually rather surprising. Loved Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Really enjoyed what they did there. The strap match was good for what it was. You know, if you listen to last week's shit show, you know that I think the wrong guy won, which is funny because we were excited about that match. Like we were all on board with Cameron Grimes. And, and yeah, it just, it, it's, you know, Dexter Loomis had to, had to win the old strap match there. The triple threat, I, I was, was okay. It was probably the, the worst one. Um, WWE just continues to disappoint me every time they support, you know, somebody who's got me too written all over them and they just keep carting it back out there. It's like they might as well just put Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream, and Austin Theory in a stable and just call it Me Too because they're obviously not going to get rid of these people. They only get rid of Me Too offenders in the UK, not in the US. So um, it's my little soapbox right there for anybody because people are out there like, oh, man, he's the future of the company. I'm like, I hope not because if that's the future of the company, then yeah. we're all in trouble. Like, and, and it's just, I don't know, for some reason, they don't want to hold people accountable in the States, just overseas. Um, but that's a whole different topic for a whole other day. I love the War Games matches. I really did love uh, the women's match. I loved Io Shirai's entrance. And I sent you guys the Oscar the Grouch picture, which was just so freaking hilarious. Um, and and the the and I, and I liked you know Io and I will talk about standout people here in a moment. But um, and the men's, I just thoroughly enjoyed that. That it felt like a war games match. Like I, we grew up on war games. I've been to a war games live, like an old NWA war games when I was a super little kid at the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. And, and it felt like that kind of war games to me, you know, plus the weapons that you didn't get back then, except maybe like a, a random spike or something like that. But, um, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Patrick O'Dowd, what were your thoughts on, on the war games or the, the war games is like the mooses, the war games is. So what is this NXT thing you're speaking of? Shut up. You watched the War Games. I confirmed this already. I watched the War Games matches. I missed most of the middle, but um, I'm okay. You didn't watch the middle. You didn't miss the middle. You just didn't watch the middle. What's that? No, I avoided the middle. No, you didn't miss it. it. You didn't miss it. You just didn't watch it. Okay, we can have this fight off air. Like, missed it. Got pulled away for about half the show because my fine pull the curtain back my eight-year-old's going through some regression issues and has a lot of trouble falling asleep so i get the start of a show and i get the end of a show so yes missed it fuck off anyway aggression issues sorry i i have aggression no connor has re- I, I just outed my kid's name thanks a lot everybody no, you've done I've it before. before on the air yeah the last um, like two weeks ago it's no okay. regression regression oh, kid doesn't okay. fall asleep he does not. He's not. He's not beating the shit out of me every night for like two oh, hours. <laughs> anyway, um, like the two of you, I enjoyed the two war games matches very, very much. Uh, did I? I loved, uh, and I know you're going to talk about standouts later, but the the Rhea Ripley standoff with I think it was was it Raquel? Is that her name? Um, the two of them kind of going back and forth. That was, a, that was a lot of fun and some good imagery and some storytelling that I thought was a lot of fun. The, the men's match, the, McAfee pulling out the tables with everybody's name on them and the undisputed era symbol on them was just uh, a nice, a nice touch, a nice uh, element that kind of continued that build that Greg was talking about towards those matches. 
And honestly, as much of a, a great part of the War Games match was the next morning, Pat McAfee on his show in his neck brace talking about how horrible he felt uh, before going into the show uh, or before going to do the radio show the next morning. It's just like everything hurts. And how much of that was selling and how much was that, you know, was legit? Who I, I don't know, but it was still fun radio to see. And I like watch the video. I, on the would, show. I got a kick out of it. I itself. would say it was mostly legit because on the Tuesday edition of the Pat McAfee show, he still have it. He shared that he, he, the results came back. He doesn't have a broken neck. He rips off the neck brace during it, but he still said he's sore as hell. He's, he, he said he woke up this morning and tried to do like one regular squat and basically had to fall over to the side and crawl back up to his feet. Right. He couldn't do that. His I can foot, one of his toes is broken. He can't put his shoe on. Like, yeah, all those things do seem to be legit. I mean, look what he did. Like, oh, yeah, he did, he did a moonsault. Like, he did a like, moonsault. He did a swanton. He just. He did everything. Yeah, it was finisher. crazy. Mad respect. Oh, 100%. Mad, mad respect, Matt McAfee. But yeah, it was a, I, it was a fun match. I, I enjoyed both of them. I did too. I, I thought they were a lot of fun. A <sighs> couple of criticisms that I heard that that I'll, I'll kind of go over a little bit. Um, I was two criticisms that I heard that, uh, last year. The women's war games match was had a big storytelling element where Dakota Kai turned on Tegan Knox and therefore Candice and Rhea, ironically enough, with all the pairings this year were a two on four situation. Of course, they still won this year. It was a traditional four on four, just like the men's. And one of the criticisms I saw was that they weren't different enough, that the two matches were too similar. And I, well, I just, I'll go first. I disagree. I thought the two matches were plenty (laughs) different. Um, It's war games. Like, what can you do? Like, like, it's like, you know, it's like complaining that two different matches in the same wrestling show use the universal spot. Like it's just going to happen. It's just what they do. You can't, you're going to see a tackle in more than one match. Like it's just going to happen. Uh, I thought the matches were plenty different. Like, you know, no one in the men's war games match pulled an Oscar, the grouch off the top of the cage. That's what that's called now, by the way, that's an Oscar, the grouch. Yes. And <laughs> that's an Io Shirai. Sadly, the thing that Io Shirai might be most famous for by the time she retires is something where you can't see most of her, but it's, it's, she did such an, I was just such an amazing. She spot. is the genius of the sky. I mean, genius of the sky, sometimes yeah. that genius looks in many different ways. This is going to be her Picasso blue period. I, I feel like. Picasso blue period. <laughs> um, I thought the men's match was a little, more dramatic but it was also a longer standing feud the women's match was a big right. feud between Shotzi and Candice and then it came down to Raquel and Io so it was the the and Candice you know seems like she has a separated shoulder or something going on anyway so that could have impacted how they finished the match I don't know um, but I thoroughly enjoyed them both I didn't feel like they were too similar or anything like that um, and the other criticism and you guys can tackle these together uh, was that the men's was too long. It was 45 minutes long. It was almost uh, over 10 minutes longer than the women's. Thoughts on on that criticism as well. So, Patrick, we'll let you go first. Either criticism, agree, debunk, ignore, whatever you want to do. Well, I mean, if if people thought those two matches were two the same, they should go back and watch some TNA lockdown pay-per-views and really watch the same shit over and over and over again. Um I disagree with with them being too too similar. The only thing that bugged me was that everybody went. It felt like everybody was going under the apron to grab something. Like 
a couple people, okay, but like everybody, was, it seemed like was like going, to, oh look, I found, and now I'm going to use the fire extinguisher that I must use, like and, and whatever. But that's such a minor quibble in the grand scheme of whatever. Like it's not a big problem. I didn't feel like like I don't know if you guys felt the time on the men's match. I didn't really feel the time on the men's match, so I disagree with it being too long because when a match is too long, you feel the time. See Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Iron Man match, WrestleMania 13. And we knew that was going to be an hour long and it was still too right. long. But you felt but you felt the damn hour. Like you just felt every minute of it. And you know, and you compare that to good time limit draw matches, for example, or just a good match when you when you have an engaging story that people are following and wanting to see like I wanted to see what was going to happen next in war games and when it ended, like there were there weren't too many false finishes finishes but there were enough to kind of make you wonder when it was going to end and question whether the pin that did get the pin was really going to be the one that got the pin so i felt like it did its job i want before miranda answers i want to go back to the pin that got the pin in the men's match that's a spot that i think was hurt by not having a crowd like to dive off the top to hit somebody who has a chair on their face with a knee like that's a pretty huge spot and the reaction just wasn't there. And I think that's why it was like, is that really going to be the pin in front of a crowd? I think that would have gotten a huge reaction and it would have been a very different, very different finish. But uh, that, just, just a quick aside about that. But Miranda, your thoughts on the criticisms. Uh, I would also have to say that one, I, I didn't think that um, the men's match was too long. I can see how in moments it did. Of, of course, with war games, they're always off to a slow start because you're, you know, slowly bringing in everyone. So that can take some time. And I guess, I mean, not guess, technically the match does not start until everyone's in there. So I feel like a lot happens without any pinfalls. And so I think as as fans are used to, you know, a normal match where you have pinfalls throughout uh, a match or attempts at pinfalls, the fact that you have to kind of wait so long for that to happen, I think maybe mentally kind of messes with man with fans' minds because, you know, really you start to think about what, what point does the match really start. So I think maybe because of the structure of war games, it may feel long. And the match itself, you know, with the time frame, yes, it is. But I don't think in reality when you watch it again is that long because there's so many elements to it um, that it keeps you pretty engaged throughout the entirety of it. And what was the the first one you mentioned was the women's? Just the, the matches weren't different. different enough. Oh, the matches. I mean, I, I, you're absolutely right. There's one so much that you can do with this structure of, of a match, and there was also very different storytelling with it. Very, di- there were some different spots, um, like you had mentioned, even with McAfee with the with the moon salt and stuff. We didn't really see that, um, and yeah, no one jumped off of the top of the the cage with a trash can. Um, that's that's EOS. Uh, and also, I do think too with the women's, there was pretty interesting sizes and strengths. I mean, I know you'll talk about we had you had Raquel Gonzalez on one team and Rhea Ripley on another. You had like a Candice LeRae on one side and Shotzi on another. So I think that there was also a lot of comparable matchups. Um, and I think the same thing in the men's too, but I think that they, um, 
were all somewhat similar in their team. So I think in the women's side, it made some real interesting moments and matchups uh, with some of those size um, differences and even style differences that I, I think if you watch more closely that made the women's match just, I, I feel different than the men's. Yeah, I agree. I think it was different. The storytelling was different. It's also like Shotzi and Candice. I'm going to be interested to see if their feud continues or if it was really just manufactured for war games. Cause it just started Halloween havoc when, when Shotzi mm-hmm. got involved in that ladder match or the yeah the ladder match and or was tables, ladders and scares match. Excuse me. Tables, ladders and scares. Um, but to me, it just seemed like that feud was, was a little felt a little less organic than the McAfee Cole one. I mean, those two bickered years ago during takeover pre-shows, and and it just kind of you know manifested itself and and of course became a thing, um, and then a thing again, which of course I was very excited about, and so it felt different and and it just it felt like the undisputed era, like it, it, seeing them in the hero role, like the way they worked together. I think it was easy to think they were going to lose because you could continue the the McAfee thing, but to have them overcome and and really show that they are kind of the true you know quote unquote kings of NXT. This is their fourth war games. They've been in every men's war games match since the company brought it back. Um, that was just totally different, totally different story. I do want to talk about the breakout stars of war games, and I've got three on there. And and for the women's, it was Raquel Gonzalez. Like everyone thought it was going to be Tony Storm, and I'm hard pressed to remember that Tony Storm was in the match. Like she didn't really do a whole lot of consequence for me, but Raquel Gonzalez just went nuts in that final spot where she chokeslammed EO through the ladder, whether that was supposed to be the finish or it was changed because of Candace's injury. I don't know, but I mean, damn, like, damn. I mean, that was just crazy. EO took a beating in this match. If she wasn't already a huge star, it would have been a breakout star for EO as well. In the men's side, to me, it was Pete Dunn. Like Pete Dunn almost doesn't fit the McAfee stable because he is like he McAfee's there hyping everybody up and Oni and Danny are getting into it. And Dunn's just sitting there all stoic. Um, and McAfee plays it off very well. Like he's kind of scared of Pete Dunn. And, and I think that that works, but Pete Dunn was just, I mean, he's the future of NXT. Like I know they tease Karrion Cross coming back. And, and I think that, I don't think it's going to be for long because I think he's destined for the main roster. But Dunn, to me, uh, Pete Dunn, Finn Balor feud can be insane. Like, I want to see that. Um, I'm just really excited about that. And I thought even though Kyle O'Reilly had his breakout moment at the last takeover against Finn Balor, I felt like that continued in this one. And he really excelled. And, and I'm sure him getting the final pin was no accident as well. Um I'm interested to see that. So any other people that you guys thought broke out, so to speak, and, and really stood out at, uh, at as a result of war games? Miranda, we'll start with you. Uh, I really have to agree with Raquel Gonzalez. Um, she's been someone that I've been watching a lot more closely in NXT with, you know, her uh, program with Rhea Ripley really got me enthralled soon. Kind of as, as Patrick mentioned in the match, um, the first time I ever saw them go toe to toe in general, I knew I wanted to see that. And so we did get the match at uh, Halloween havoc that Rhea won. And I thought uh, down the line, we're going to get another one, but it does almost seem like maybe Rhea or maybe Raquel is going to be someone in line for Io Shirai's uh, women's championship, which I wouldn't be 
mad at that either, but I've really liked, um, you know, her size and really utilizing and leveraging that in matches. Also just, you know, she's had some nice boots and kicks to the faces. Um, I think she's really shown and displayed her strength and, and so does Rhea, but I think, Raquel does it in much more of kind of a brutal way or kind of just more aggression than I think I feel a, a little bit more than Rhea's. Um, and maybe that's just the way it comes off. So um, I also felt like this match too, not in a, in a stronger way, but I felt like this was a, a perfect match for Shotzi. And I do feel like just the buildup to it and that this was her team, it was team Shotzi um, meant that they were really looking at her as someone that they see as the future of the women's division. Um, and I feel like she going in second compared to Candice going in last, it just shows kind of the difference in styles and approaches to this match. So she was someone I, I had an eye out for more though, just as what this match meant in her career and someone who already has kind of a reckless type of wrestling style, more calculated recklessness, but it's just someone who's goes for all the time that this was kind of the match for her. And I have to agree with Tony Storm. She wasn't someone that even remember as much um, in this in this match. I think the same thing with uh, Dakota Kai. Someone I kind of forget a little bit, which is big because she was, you know, she was part of a big storyline about it last year. So um, those were some people that I kind of thought. I do think that as far as outside of war games, Timothy Thatcher that match with uh, Tommaso Ciampa um, one the fact that it it came right after the women's match, but two I think um, out of all the other matches was the most technically sound and entertaining. I think that he actually came out as a breakout star as someone who, you know, you look at the technical aspect and, and just his ability to perform in the ring and also be entertaining as well. I think that that is also growing that he was a standout. So, I mean, I think with the men's, it's harder for me to assess only, like I said, my investment was a little bit more leaning towards the women, but I do have to agree. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and, and Pete Dunn's the, the way that they started the match is just kind of more of a traditional wrestling match in a way made me forget about everything that was about to happen, which was kind of, to me, a good thing. Like you, you got a, a good pure wrestling match for the first few moments of war games. And it kind of took you away from everything that was about to happen. So um, I really liked that interaction at the beginning uh, of the match in general, but th those are just, again, my differing thoughts. Patrick. Yeah. Not too much to add here for me. I, with you, Greg, the person who gets the pinfall in war games is always somebody that you got to pay attention to. It's, it's much like the person who gets the long run in the Royal rumble, like who gets that iron man run, who gets those most elimination runs. And in the men's match in particular, Kyle O'Reilly did a lot of shit going up into that finale. Like he was the finale. Like that yeah. was kind of like, not just the big spot, like, the whole crescendo of that match, which is like rapid spot after rapid spot, Kyle O'Reilly kicked it off and Kyle O'Reilly finished it. And that in and of itself tells me what they were trying to, what ultimately was kind of the quote unquote end game with who they wanted you to remember out of that match. And it, you know, Adam Cole doesn't need to be remembered out of that match. Uh, and if they want, and if they want Kyle O'Reilly to be the, to be the next big, you know, kind of guy out of, out of undisputed era, it makes a lot of sense that, that you build him to be the one to finish it off. 
Pete Dunn, I mean, Greg, you've been singing the praises of Pete Dunn forever. Like this isn't this isn't anything new. And I do, I think he showed out really, really well. Uh I don't the rest of McAfee's team was was fine and great. But yeah, I mean, outside of Pat McAfee himself, who we who mm-hmm. we lauded for all the shit he did and put himself through for that match, uh, I couldn't back it up. And then uh, on the women's side, I mentioned it that Raquel Gonzalez cut such an imposing figure in, in that match through throughout her involvement. And to me, it was the first, like, I just remember the first standoff with her and Rhea when it, like they basically cleared everyone out and they're in between the two rings, like doing the, doing the face off. And, uh, and really kind of I think that's one of those things where, again, if you have a crowd there, that's a bunch of fans that have been following it that then feels like a bigger moment, right? Because they're, they're then trading blows and the crowd gets to do like, gets to be amped for that. So that's like a good pop moment. But uh, yeah, I was very impressed with Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez is one of those beneficiaries, something we've talked about on both the shows that we do of not having a crowd because a year ago she was not good. Right. She was green as hell. Right. And, and there were thoughts when she was out likely to COVID reasons that she had been removed completely because she wasn't good. I don't remember the awards that NXT gives out at the end of the year with the, the ring bell that they give out. If there's the most improved, I don't think there is, but if there was, it, I think it would need to go to Raquel Gonzalez. Like she has grown leaps and bounds in, in terms of being believable and, and being entertaining. And I think that she can deliver and it's going to be interesting to see where they go with her and, and, and with some others. Um, definitely excited about that. Last question. Is Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole over? Miranda. I hope not. And maybe they need one more. They need one more match. Maybe it's just between, you know, Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. Uh, uh, to me, I don't know. I, I I hope not. I feel like there's still some more story to tell here. And whether it's Pat just kind of, you know, still being coy and obnoxious about, you know, Adam Cole. And even though they beat the daylights out of him that he's still not done yet. Uh, there's something to it. And to be honest, I mean, too, like, what do you do with Adam Cole from here? I, I feel like anybody else on the NXT roster right now wouldn't be as intriguing as Pat McAfee. And you're not putting him in the title picture. So might as well just continue to explore something that's entertaining um, to the point where it's not obnoxious enter you know sports entertainment too i mean nxt has really handled this in such a great way where they're bringing in an outsider but they're it's not being showboated as you know uh a lawrence taylor or a shack or whatever you know like it's not ridiculous i mean it's still actually fairly believable And, and pat mcafee's commitment to this too you know through his show and the selling and all of that and he's actually fairly talented. So I would love to see one more. I feel like there's one more left in this. And hopefully we we see it because um, I want to give it, book it. I want Pat, Patrick. Uh, I'm smirking because I totally read that question as, is this over? As in, is the feud over like, like with, the oh, with the fans? And was oh. like, and I was like, yeah, of course it's over, dumbass. Why are you asking that question? Uh, no, it's not over. Of course it's not over. This match isn't over. 
or th this pairing is it over? No way. You Pat McAfee's already starting it up again on his show. Like, I'm not done. I'm gonna be back. We're gonna be back. We'll get him. Like, yeah, of course it's not done, and it shouldn't be done. Like, I think there's another match there somewhere. I don't know what it'll look like, but I'll, I'm in. And, I and I think fans are, are probably in with it too. I think it'll be one of those deals where we think it's over. Like, remember, McAfee lost to Cole and then disappeared. And it wasn't until, right. you know, Rich Holland dumped Cole over a wall. And I was like, it's Pat McAfee. And, and Miranda laughed at me. And then, like, two weeks later, it was revealed to be Pat McAfee. And I was celebrating, even though I didn't believe what I said when I said it was Pat McAfee. Like, I was being over the top and going with a bold prediction. It's just one of those that happened to come true because I wanted it to be Pat McAfee. Like that was my IWC version of this. I wanted something and and they gave it to me. So I was very happy about that. Um, I'll be interested to see if it is over. I think there's a possibility. I think I'm actually more leaning towards that way than you guys are. Um, I do don't, I don't think it needs to be over. I do think there's another one there. I, so undisputed era did something very interesting that is usually very telling they wore a brand new shirt to War Games, and it said on it, Undisputed Era Forever. And usually when something like that is released, that's the last thing that's yeah. released for a stable in a group and that sort of thing. Um, something is going to happen. I think War Games and the Pat McAfee situation extended things. But I, the, with the, all the focus on Kyle O'Reilly, one of those two is not going to be long for this group, in my opinion. Whether it's Cole or whether it's O'Reilly, I just think that it, it, WWE is not good at having two big stars under the same crew. Like, it's just not what they do. There's a leader and there's everyone else. And exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes. So it just depends on who it is that, that they do they turn on Adam Cole or do they turn on Kyle O'Reilly? That to me is the big question. And does Kyle O'Reilly, because I don't think McAfee is going to keep showing up every single week. So what do you do with Don, Oni, and Danny? Who's going to be the leader? Is it Kyle O'Reilly? I don't know. Like, what do you do? And well, I'm gonna be something's got to go wrong do. with the faction first, right? Like something. Like if if you follow it's already the, there. So I guess if you follow the playbook, something is going go, wrong with the faction, though. Kyle O'Reilly stepping up that, to something is going wrong. Kyle stepping up. Go back and watch the promos. Kyle grabs that mic and starts talking, and Cole shoots him a glance every single time. Like they've been sowing these seeds for a while. Like Cole, you can say they sell it as in Cole didn't know Kyle was going to talk. Cole didn't know Kyle was going to finish off the promo. Then Cole comes around. He's like, "Yeah, whatever." But he looks at him like, "WTF are you doing right now?" And I think it's it's I don't know. I think it's subtlety, and I think it's there. And I'm just interested to see. To me, one of them's going to go sooner than later. Yeah, I, th I think they're I think they're following the NWO pay playbook between Hogan and Nash. Like that's what they're doing. But if there is an undisputed era of black and red, I'm going to be really pissed. No, I don't think uh, there's going to be two undisputed eras, okay, but the, the conflict between the two. Yeah, but I, I see where Pat's going too. As far as there's going to be uh, more uh, of an event that happens that that you know, what is going to be the event? I think the seeds have been sown, but what is it going to, to be that actually divides them up or, or really causes a, a divide? And how does that then alter the other members' decisions on who they are going to side with? Um, because if you end up having two pairings or you ultimately have all three on one side and, you know, in this case, it looks like it's, it's going to be more um, Adam Cole out on his own while the rest of the undisputed era probably stay, um, you know, how does that happen? Um, and 
Uh, I, I think though, after the performance, I mean, they did seem very united and, you know, very together. So it's going to have to be something pretty big that shows, you know, that that creates this big divide. And what it is, I'd be curious. Nothing created a divide in the shield. They were victorious over evolution. And then Seth Rollins hit everybody with a chair. It was triple H's doing like, does Pat McAfee play the triple H role and get into somebody's head? And maybe that somebody is Adam Cole. Like Adam Cole is better as a bad guy. We all know this. And, 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 could you imagine Adam Cole leading the Kings of NXT? Like, like sure. selling out because McAfee's been all about money, right? Like it's believable that McAfee could make Cole an offer and be like, look, you are better than me. You are the man. And you're the only person who can take this mantle and run with it. And, and Cole sees the writing on the wall with O'Reilly. I don't know. I just very interesting. Yeah. It sucks. Because I would see I it more it. the opposite, maybe convincing the undisputed era that they don't need maybe. Uh, Adam Cole. And kind of truly, you know, trying to, I think it would be almost easier because I think there's too much history and tension between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. I think that's a much harder sell. But maybe you can, you know, swing the rest of the undisputed because they were brought into this whole mess, you know, because of of, uh, Adam Cole. They didn't have to be involved. They did it. And maybe if there's some level that Adam Cole isn't appreciated. Yeah, or fuck you, Pat. You know, whatever. Oh, that's just of an emotional. Thing. <laughs> that uh, uh, that that maybe that's what happens to me. I feel like that's more realistic, but it's wrestling, so. Fuck you, yes, we, all strive, we all strive for realism in wrestling. That's right, that's, and that's unfortunately, I don't know why we do, but we do. We'll find out soon enough. Maybe this coming Wednesday. Maybe in the future. Who knows? But we'll find out. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. So last Wednesday, the big big build to AEW Dynamite was, of course, John Moxley defending and eventually losing the AEW Championship to Kenny Omega. And to hear thoughts on that, well, you probably have to listen to the hashtag Miranda Show. But the other thing that happened was the the uh, some people are calling it the return of Sting to Dynamite, which makes no fucking sense because he was never on Dynamite. But it is the return of Sting to the TNT Network, making his his, his debut in AEW. Winter is coming, and Old Man Winter was, in fact, Sting himself. Sting is now in AEW. Thoughts on the Stinger and his new career move? Patrick O'Dowd. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I know your opinion is on this, Greg. I, to me, it doesn't really move the needle for me one way or the other. Uh, I'll be interested to see what Sting does. I'm worried... I'm worried about his health, like about his neck and, and some of his injuries and, and that sort of thing. Like if they're 
they're planning to if he's if he's wanting to do one more match, I sure hope it's a cinematic match. I'll the Undertaker. He's gonna wrestle. He gonna wrestle. I, I sure hope it's a cinematic match. I love the Undertaker. It's gonna be a tag match. Thing, probably his first match probably won't be cinematic. It'll probably be a tag match. He gonna wrestle. But I, I, I just think it hurt me so much to watch him wrestle when he came back in the WWE. The Rollins uh, match it, wasn't bad, especially considering the fact they got hurt. Like the Rollins match right. was probably his best WWE outing, which isn't saying much, but 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 he just. It just isn't the same. And this is the old man in me that just wants to remember staying as he was and not not as he currently is. But, I mean, for name recognition and value, you can't deny that it it got some attention to AEW. Like, people were crazy. And you got to hear Tony Schiavone yell, it's Sting, which is, you know, nostalgia is king, right? Like, that's what sells. Yeah, Tony should walk off after that. I don't need to see Tony Schiavone anymore. After what I saw on Impact today, I definitely don't need to see Tony Schiavone anymore. Uh, Miranda, thoughts on Sting and the big debut in AEW? Well, speaking of people being right, I did call it a bit. I think it was last week's uh, Super Such Good Shit Show, Pal El Ocho, um, that I did call... Uh, AEW, we were having a conversation about what AEW was trying to be. And you said they were trying to be uh, the Attitude Arities. And I said, they're trying to be WCW. And sure enough, I feel like this is just another long road in them trying to be WCW. Um, And now almost the the Wednesday Night Wars are, and it's a whole other conversation of who's better at being WCW, AEW or NXT. Um, Because I feel like both are, are taking some pages out of WCW's book Whereas NXT is probably doing it just more in, no. you know, just in name. Yeah, uh, I think NXT is using just in name. NXT is all about the property rights. Yeah. Yes, like it's yeah. all about the property well, rights. That, you know, they have the property rights, and and I think they outdo a lot of the old WCW pay per views. But I I believe that AEW and functionality and operations feels like it's trying to be WCW. Um, and, and yeah, so, I, guess, I guess Miranda, I guess that it really does hinge on what you mean by trying to be WCW. Like if it's the trappings, then sure. NXT is doing that in spades, but in terms of like booking and decisions and the way that the shows themselves are constructed from what I've seen of AEW, I think you're spot on. Yeah. Like the way that the show looks, which I mean, I even watched, I even watched the Moxley Omega match and then was like, well, this isn't really all that special. I know no, everybody else said totally it was special. Nitro. It was totally nitro. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's exactly what it I mean, talk about nostalgia. Absolutely. Even what uh, Pat was saying, or you both were saying about Tony Schiavone, you know. I mean, they're they're I think it's really one of their methods to bring nostalgia, um, to, in some ways to rewrite history. Uh, because now too, they are really pushing, you know, this is the first time we've seen Sting on TNT television. This is the first time, you know, Tony Schiavone is going to have an interview with him. The first time in 24 years they've spoken. So I think this is also their attempt to and to rewrite wrestling history. And, you know, so be it. But I don't think it adds, honestly, a whole lot of storyline value. But it adds some monetary because his shirt came out and it was, you know, the the hottest selling shirt in AEW history, apparently. So I mean, it was I the highest selling shirt. The highest 24-hour sales of any shirt 
And it broke that record like 17 hours in. It wasn't yeah. even 24 hours so, when that happened. I mean, they, I think utilizing him for those business purposes is, is you know, a, a smart way to do that. But I don't think it's necessary for him to come into AEW at this time. I don't think it enhances or brings out any extra elements of storyline. Um, and in some ways, I don't think how much is this really going like, like Patrick said too, I I, I just want to keep remembering sting as is, you know, e- even there's some monet- some moments within TNA that, okay, there was some good points, but really outside of that, like I want to remember sting as is, I don't want to keep seeing this and, and there's still a lot to see with what his involvement is going to be in AEW, but I don't, I think it's all just going to be more nostalgic and you're just getting that nostalgic form. So it is nostalgia, but I completely disagree. I think Sting is perfect storyline wise for AEW. I think Sting and AEW need each other because Sting did not want to just sit on the sidelines like he was doing in WWE. He didn't want to go away and be the legend. He didn't want to just be remembered as, as what you guys want to remember him as. He didn't want that. And WWE had no, Sting and WWE just didn't fit. Like Sting coming out, right. nothing fits with Sting in WWE. To me, Sting and AEW fit perfectly. Um, AEW's only been on TV for 14 months. And they still need people like Sting to bring in the viewers, to bring in the name recognition. The problem is they do all the wrong things with these things when they get them. They still have yet to build a new star. Like I, no one thinks that Darby Allin is a big star, despite the fact that he holds a championship. And... We're a year and two months in, and all members of the elite have held gold in AEW. And the only surprise there to me is how long it took. And it's because it's a vanity project. And, and that's going to be a huge point of my yelling here coming up on the hashtag Miranda show. Because um, it's just a giant freaking vanity project. But I think Sting fits just, just fits for me. AEW is not the amazing progressive product that they claim to be from day one. Like you have Tony Schiavone interviewing Sting. Nothing says progressive like Tony Schiavone interviewing Sting. NXT is the most progressive of all the televised wrestling products out there right now. And but I think it's 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 a perfect match for them. I think they're each going to get what they want out of it. And the question is whether I think Sting will maximize it. He already is with the t-shirt sales and all that. I don't know that AEW is going to maximize it because I don't know if they're smart enough to because they do stupid things all the damn time. Go watch this week's edition of Impact Wrestling. Oh, my God. But it's but in terms of Sting there, I think it fits. I think it suits what Sting wants. He's going to wrestle because he's on their roster page with a record right now. And Arn Anderson's not. Jake Roberts is not. Tully Blanchard is not. But Sting is. He's going to wrestle. I think it'll be tag team situations. I could see him teaming with the Rhodes family. I could see him. You'll we'll see Sting versus Cody at some point. Like that's a Cody thing right there. Like that's a Cody thing. You know, he he's already either Darby Allen's, you know, disenfranchised uncle or, you know, separated father. <laughs> we don't know. But it, it's um you know, I saw a picture of like, you know, when your dad went out for smokes in 2011 and didn't come or 2001 <laughs> and didn't return until 2020. Like that's all the good memes. Yes. That's really what it's all about. But to me, I think it's, it's, it's a match made in heaven. Um, and I'm sure it'll be squandered, but that's just my opinion of AEW and what they do. And AEW marks are going to love it because they love everything that AEW does. But I don't blame Sting. I don't blame AEW. He's going to make a ton of money in t-shirt sales already has, and I think it's going to be absolutely outstanding. So good on them. 
I mean, AEW's got to make moves like this. They, they, everyone says they need to focus on the young stars. Well, no one's going to keep watching if all they do is focus on the young stars. So to me, they've got to do these things. They've got to do what they can to continue to build, and, and I think they will. So I'm, uh, I'm on board with it. We'll see what they do in the long run, and we'll see how all that goes. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the Over on time, I don't want to dig into this three-minute warning because I think that uh, it'll take too long, and and so we'll, we'll, we'll table it for the future. But we still got a show to close. Patrick O'Dowd, tell us what happened this week on the Bandwagon Nerds so people can go back and listen. I made the mistake of letting Christopher Platt and Ray Cash argue. That's what happened on Bandwagon Nerds this week. We, uh, we talked about the big Warner Brothers announcement uh, releasing all of their 2021 movie slate on HBO Max. And let's just say one guest on the panel felt that it was the end of entertainment as we know it, and three other people, four other people then had to try and convince this one, whose name is Christopher Platt, that that is going to be okay. It is Things gonna be okay. Change, change, change is going to change, but it's not going to be over. It, it was a... It was a Feelings were let out on the show. It was entertaining. Uh, this week's nerd review, by the way, is uh, Scrooged. Oh, uh, as we keep it, yeah, as we keep Bill, the Bill Murray holiday classics. So look oh, for that uh, coming on Thursday. Sounds good. Awesome. And you can follow Patrick O'Dowd at the at Wrestling Realist W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T over on the Twitter. You can follow Miranda Morales at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram. No Twitter. Miranda, what can everyone expect on this week's edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show? Yes, well, as some fans know, I'm an avid Impact Wrestler uh, wrestling watcher. So we will be talking about Kenny Omega's appearance on Impact Wrestling uh, that happened today, which is Tuesday, which when you listen to this is a different day. Again, we're predicting, you know, past, present, future. That's just something that we do. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, the appearance on, on the show, what it means for Impact Wrestling and for uh, professional wrestling in general with having this uh, big crossover. And you'll probably hear half the time uh, Greg just spitting some vileness yeah, over at AW. I'm hijacking this show. I, I'm just going to warn you right now. We haven't recorded it yet, yes. but talk about predicting the future. Feeling. Yes. Greg's hijacking. No. Greg's got thoughts. Especially after what Greg saw on Impact Wrestling today. Like, Greg yeah. has... Spoiler, thoughts. man. I haven't watched it yet. Well, I sent you the link so you can watch it. You don't even have to have it Well, I got it, on my, I got it on my DVR, too. But you can watch it commercial watch free, man. I got it. You don't need, yeah. you don't need DVR. I got you. I, more people wanted I mean, that link this week than ever before. I will say that. That's that's all, and and we're not going to dig into it anymore because we... It's like an old episode of, of WCW Saturday Night. We're out of time. There, there you go, Tony Schiavone. Yeah. We are out of time for Patrick O'Dowd, for Miranda Morales. My name is Greg DeMarco. Go visit thechairshot.com at chairshotmedia, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Such good shit. You're going to love it. Until next time, remember to always use your head.
He's a man called Adam Cole, baby.